0: Welcome to the Rick Bisson Podcast, episode 15. And today's a little different. I've just returned from Family Reunion, Keller Williams' annual convention. And today I'm going to highlight a few of the uh, keynote speakers that were there who shared some incredible nuggets of wisdom and perspective. And the first one that we heard from was Molly Fletcher. Molly Fletcher, top sports agent, she became... The female, Jerry Maguire, in the uh, business of uh, working with sports athletes. Uh, Molly has a TED Talk, Secrets of a Champion's Mindset, that's had over a million views. And she basically had a front row seat to peak performers throughout her career as a sales agent, excuse me, as as a sports agent. And one of the things that she talked about was the difference between the top athletes you know we're talking about the less than one percent of high school athletes that make it into the the big leagues and what is the difference between those top tiered athletes and those who are mediocre in that field and the one thing that she identified while watching these athletes and working with them was the drive their inner drive was the top thing that made the difference so I'm going to bullet point some of the highlights of, my, of this conversation that we listened to with Molly Fletcher. Molly was interviewed by Gary Keller, founder and uh, chairman of Keller Williams, along with Jay Papazan, who is the head of uh, publishing at Keller Williams International. Um, so things that she said that were of note, one was, you better be better than your problems. That was quite interesting. You better be better than your problems. The other thing that she focused on quite a bit, and it comes from a book that she wrote. She's written five books. This book in particular is called The Energy Clock. And she said, who deserves your energy? And energy is the key to performance. She also talked about what builds energy for you and what drains it from you and how you should focus on the things that build it versus those that drain it. Sort of akin to where do your weaknesses or strengths lie and really leaning in on your strengths and leveraging out or passing along where your weaknesses are so that you can focus truly on where your strengths lie talked about being relational not transactional you know it's very easy especially if you're in the the business of being in business of uh, making transactions happen uh, in the real estate business that's what it's all about and I would say in the sports agent business it's also the same thing very transactional always negotiating contracts working with buyers and sellers or uh, athletes and their Potential organizations that they going to join up with, and being transactional, you're just focused on getting the transaction done. And I remember one time a good friend of mine who had been in real estate for a while and then gotten out and was going to get back in again, told me that the person that he worked with, he would sometimes say, "Yeah, let's, we'll do a deal." And the person that he worked for, called him out and said, you never do a deal. You can do a transaction, but a deal leads to somebody winning and somebody potentially losing, and just the whole ring, so to speak, the sound of a deal seems a bit, I'm not sure if it's selfish or if it's uh, the wrong context, but don't be transactional. You have to be relational. Because if you focus on the transaction, you're going to lose sight of who you're dealing with and what their concerns are. She talked about uh, one particular story where, I don't remember the athlete, uh, no, it was actually the coach of the University of Southern Florida, I believe, who was ready to leave. He was a basketball coach there, I believe. He was basketball, not football. He was ready to leave anyways. And she had heard from a professional sports team that they were looking for a coach so sort of similar to behind the scenes of a real estate transaction she knew of something she made the connection, a dialogue began, and they went three or four days uh, into details of a contract and you know the the husband's involved the coach the wife's involved the owner of the team is involved and they're going back and forth and the coach is asking for this, the wife is asking for other things. They worked out a deal. (laughs) Listen to me, they worked out a deal. They worked out a transaction, a contract, and she sent the contract off to this coach and didn't get it back immediately. Got a phone call the next day or a message of some sort that said, Not going to do it. Not going to go forward. And she realized at that point in time that she had gotten so focused on the transaction, the details, that she lost sight of what these people really wanted, what their reason was for leaving college sports. And it wasn't right for this guy. And, you know, how important it is to check in with people along the path, along the way. Whether it's business or not, um, you know, what are you thinking? I learned that lesson from my wife when we first started dating. The importance of, you know, if you're if you're with somebody, it's okay to ask, hey, what are you thinking? And sometimes it may not be anything. Sometimes it may be something that you really need to know about. So don't be transactional. I mean, excuse me. Don't be uh, yeah. Don't be transactional. Be relational. She also talked about the fact that people overestimate talent and they underestimate discipline. Another thing that she's learned from athletes, um, top performers recover faster. They go back to what feeds them. And that was a pretty key thing where, you know, we're all going to face adversity. We're all going to reach levels or things are going to happen where, we don't get what we want. We don't get the win that we want. Um, things don't go our way. How quick can you reset? How soon can you recover and move on to the next thing that you need to focus on? Um, and, you know, she also talked about the, the importance of being present. And I love to hear this from people who are very successful um, very, you know, a good at what they do, top performers, when they talk about being present. And not only to be present, but show up present. Don't take a while to get where you're at. And there was a great quote that she used from Nick Saban, uh, coach for Alabama football team, who said, he teaches his athletes, he says, be where your feet are. And if you think about where are my feet, my feet are where I am, I'm planted where I am, and be present. She talked about reframing to seize opportunities, again, sort of back to um, recovering and how to get to move beyond uh, things that may be a struggle, things that you may need to uh, learn from, move on from. She talked about anticipating moments for people. Be ready to help them. Set the bar internally, not externally. Don't be thinking about what's happening on the outside. Focus on what's happening internally to you and the person that you're dealing with. And there's a great bold law from Keller Williams training. Um, you know, don't let people's outsides impact your insides. Make change happen to you or make change happen for you? You know, which of those is gonna be your mantra? Which sort of wolf are you gonna feed? Are you gonna make change happen to you or are you gonna make change happen for you? And she sort of recapped or uh, capped off her presentation and it's funny how it always seems to go this way with really great speakers or at least the three that I'm going to present today Molly being the first one they all came back to love and her final words while she's she's finished her presentation she's sitting down talking with Gary Keller and Jay Papasan they're answering a few questions very congenial conversation they've obviously got a lot in common a lot to connect on And she said, tell the truth with love and support. That was really the key thing that she wanted everybody to leave with. Tell the truth with love and support. And what more could you offer? What more could you give to the people that you love, the people that you're with, even the people that are difficult? You know, tell the truth with love and support. Next, uh, we heard from Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, who, you know, I, I've talked about them quite a bit, so I'm just going to give a little bit of what they were talking about. And the whole focus was charging the storm, you know, the whole, it's the sort of theme this year for Keller Williams, um, charging the storm, be the buffalo, and believe you can thrive and win the storm, you know, the real estate industry right now is going through some challenges. We have very little inventory. When we looked at the statistics of the number of transactions that have happened this year versus 21, 22, they're, they're down considerably, 25, 30%. The number of transactions are down. Prices are up, which is great for those who are doing business, but if you're not doing transactions, then it's a real struggle. It, it's it's as close to a shift that we've had since the, the last Great Recession in 08, 09 timeframe when the business dried up, drying up for different reasons, but still causing people to not be doing the business that they were back then or, or a couple of years ago. So the whole idea of uh, Charge the Storm to be the buffalo, the buffalo heads into the storm to come out sooner, and be in better shape. They're going to charge the storm, run through, get through the storm quicker. They compared that to the cows or the bears. You know, the bear is going to hunker down and wait for the storm to pass. He's got a good warm coat, might have a nice place to be, but that storm is going to take a lot longer to pass over than if they charged the storm and ran through it. Gary and Jay talked about sticks, excuse me, Six steps to doing more. First, be positive and see possibilities. Two, continually play offense. Three, listen more than ever. Four, live outside your comfort zone. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Five, focus on what you can control. Six, live with certainty in uncertain times. Everything is uncertain, and I really like that. We think and we do our best to create certainty, but is there any certainty? Then other things that they said, charge to love to run through the storm of fear. You cannot live in fear. We all face it. You cannot let fear control you see change as a strategy really like that a lot see change as a strategy and again nothing certain we can make the best plans you know there's that saying that if you want to make god laugh share your plans with him so you've got to you've got to maintain uh flexibility in what you're doing because if you don't your best opportunity may slip by because you are so focused on only this one path. So keep your minds open for other opportunities. The last speaker that I'll highlight, um, and I listened to some great sessions while I was there, um, but the last session was Ed Milet. And Ed Milet is a motivational speaker He's written The Power of One More, which is a great uh, offshoot, I guess I'll say, or uh, a great compliment to Gary and Jay's book, The One Thing, which is, if you haven't read the book, I think you've heard it before, you need to read The One Thing. And Ed Ed Milet's book is The Power of One More. And listen to his talks, go to his website, um, you can find him... But he'll talk about the power of one more thing. And that's basically how Ed has gotten to where he is. And he learned a lot from his dad in this power of one more. So some things from Ed. Ed said, I believe you were born to do something great with your life. I believe you were born to do something great with your life. And the smallest may have the greatest ripple effect. Ed talked a lot. So Ed talked. Ed Ed was at one time broke, homeless, eventually living in an apartment, uh had no money. Um had to the water was shut off, the electricity was shut off. They had to shower in the uh at the pool. He would take a towel down and hold it up so that his wife could take a shower and then he, she'd hold a sh- a towel up so he could take a shower. Um and you know he 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 committed to the power of one more thing, the power of doing one more thing to get out of that situation. And he talked about um, you know the importance of you, you got to stop feeding yourself with negative limiting thoughts. How how do you do that? How do you change your mindset? Mind, mindset. Um, and and he said. Deep, deep in your hearts, you know you are someone special. So when you peel all those layers down, we all know we're someone special. The question is, what are we going to do with that? He says, you know, we, we often lack depth perception on our vision. We could do so much more. And he said the change in thinking about that differently is the thought of doing one more. So, again, easy sports analysis. If you're out and you are uh, running, you know, and and yesterday you you ran one mile for the first time, well, then tomorrow run 1.1 miles and just keep moving that needle a little bit each time. Ed mentioned, you know, the Bible says, where there is no vision... The people will perish. And again, back to that, you know, we tend to underestimate that we have no depth perception on our vision. He talked about um, two really important skills. Love people and be present with people. Again, you know, kind of mirroring that Molly Fletcher point of being present and loving people. The second was being a good communicator, over-communicate. He talked about inspiration has to be greater than adversity. Your inspiration to do what you're doing has to be greater than any adversity that you're you're facing. He, He talked about great people being evangelists about their mission or cause. always making someone feel something. You know, an evangelist is a person who seeks to convert others, especially by public preaching. And here again, you know, be an evangelist about your mission or cause because when you're passionate about something, you're always making someone feel something. And people need to know how you believe in what you're doing. I talked about Steve Jobs. And... Steve Jobs, somebody asked him, or I don't know if it was Steve who answered, or one of his people, why did they pick the Apple as their brand symbol? And the answer was that Apple's made Steve Jobs happy. And his mission for Apple was to make people happy. Their products, when they were introduced, would discuss how this new iPhone will make you happy. It will do these things to make you happy. And they've obviously had great success in regard to making people happy. And the number one marketers in the world sell happiness. I also like this a lot. He said, you don't think you're going to die. Everyone else is going to die. And I thought that was really interesting. You don't think you're going to die. Everyone else is going to die. However, I think because of my experience, I think I'm going to die. Everyone else is going to live. And I think there's trouble in both of those because the ultimate thing is don't let life get beyond you. Don't live for tomorrow. Live for the moment. Be present. Be where your feet are. And he also talked about the fact that, you know, and I wish you, you got to hear this guy because he has got a booming voice. He is a large man. He's very strong in his demeanor, and, you know, he, he's very convincing. He's evangel- evangelical in his presentation. And he said, this is your life. you got to get after it. Be the one who changes your family. So he came from a family that didn't have a lot. And he said he would be the one that would change his family. He would be the one to bear the burden. He would be the one to do the extra. He would be the one to love more. He would be the one to break the mold of his family circumstances. And, you know, this is a guy who he told a story about they had no money. His car broke down. No, I guess what happened is his car was parked He was worried that the stereo would get stolen out of it. He had to go into a meeting. When he came out, it wasn't the stereo that they stole. They stole the passenger seat of the car. He ultimately, the car broke down, had to get rid of it. And that day, he came home, and his wife's car, which would be their only other car, was gone because it had been repossessed. So... He did some things to work, started to make a little money, just trying to save some money, had about $5,000, and he's looking online for a car, and he finds a Mercedes SL 600 maybe, or 300, I don't remember, uh, 300. And it's used, and he calls the woman up. It's for sale for $6,500. Calls the woman up, goes over, looks at the car, and she said, oh, I want, I want you to know that this is a kit car. So basically, it is a Chrysler LeBaron, I think, uh, frame with a Mercedes body on top. And she said, I just want you to know that it's not bolted on, it's Velcroed on. So you picture this fancy-looking car on the outside, And it's Velcroed to a frame. And she said, there's one more thing I want to tell you. After he said, that's fine. There's one more thing I want to tell you. The driver's side headlight, when you pull up at an intersection too fast and stop too quickly, that headlight will pop out. And he said, sure enough. Several times in the six years that he owned that car and drove around in it, he would pull up to an intersection and that front headlight would pop out. He'd put the car in park, run out, grab the headlight, and everybody around would see that he'd pop that back in because Velcro was holding his headlight in. So he, he dealt with humility quite a bit. He, he talked about the best, the best competition that you have is competing against yourself to be your best. And compete because it matters to those you love those who love you, it matters to them that you compete to be your best. And the difference between people who win or lose is momentum. And once you've got momentum, you keep that going. And the most successful people, here we go again, we're going to get back, we're almost to the end here. We're going to get back towards the end of his talk and he starts to say, the most, success, the most successful people love more that whole coming back to love again. And he also talked about pain versus suffering. When you're threatened with not knowing if you have one more day, there is no pain. You think about that. People who are at their end, they've been told they're at their end, they may have pain, but it's no longer pain. It's just suffering. And he also had a great closing statement here which was when we die he's convinced when we die we meet who we could have been who we were meant to be so picture yourself you've gone to heaven and you're meeting the person that you could have been and what is that conversation looking like are you a hundred percent i did it or are you questioning, say I wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that. Well, if you are, then start living now. And how do you get as close as you can be to that person you're capable of being? Don't live scared. Don't live afraid. You only get one life. And the purpose of his talk today was to let you know or to get you into heaven. And if you have one more day, one more hour, one more minute, what would you do? What would you do with that one more day, one more hour, one more minute? Well, I know. My answer is I would love everyone always, and I will love everyone always. So that's it for today, folks. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back again.